Welcome to the Romani Tea Room, a podcast series by the European Roma Rights Centre, talking about Romani activism, history and culture. So pour yourself a cup of tea, pull up a chair and join us. Hello, I'm Sophie Datishvili and you're listening to the 11th episode of the Romani Tea Room. A summary report from the ERRC and FAIR trials on Roma and the criminal justice system in Czech Republic, Slovakia, North Macedonia and Serbia has recently been published. It casts light on the anti-gypsies in the police, courts and prison system. Overrepresentation of Roma in prisons and lack of acknowledgement of the problem from the responsible bodies seems to be a huge problem across many European countries. Today we will be talking about racism in an area where we should expect it the least, in the justice system. And our first guests are Krasimir Kanev from the Bulgarian Helsinki Committee, Ioana Barbulesko representing Criminal Justice Watchdog Fair Trials, and Alexandra Dubova, Chair of Forum for Human Rights, a Slovak NGO which participated in this last research with the RRC. But you should stay with us after this, because later on we will be looking closer at racism in the criminal justice system and the power of litigation with our fourth guest, Dimitrina Petrova, co-founder of the Equal Rights Trust and former chair of the European Roma Rights Center. Now back to our virtual studio to open the discussion. Hello to our first guests and thank you for taking part in this episode. Alexandra, my first question is to you. What are the key findings that you have gathered on the latest report on criminal justice in Czech Republic and Slovakia? Sure, thank you, uh, Sophie, for very, very much for, for having me in this uh, in this session. I'm really happy to talk about the report. So the main findings from the interviews are that Roma are overrepresented in the criminal justice system, and they're mostly prosecuted for less serious nonviolent crimes, typically theft or family-related crimes. We don't have uh, data, statistical data for this because there are no ethnic-related data in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. And again, a big finding of the report that we don't have the data. And another finding or recurring answers from the interviews were that racial profiling really much correlates with overall discrimination atmosphere against Roma in the society. So in a way, in both countries, the discrimination, Romas are discriminated in all aspects of life. So housing, with housing, education, employment. So it would be a surprise if the criminal justice system will be just one exception. The structural discrimination is very much connected with poverty and social exclusion. Uh, yes. Um, thank you very much for this question, and I will again have to generalize from the interviews, but uh, um, there was a difference between Roma who lived in uh, Roma communities or Roma neighborhoods and those not. And those living in localities, Roma localities, they encountered extreme over-policing. Uh, in a way, they, they, one of the inter in respondents said that it's being She's be, he or she's being stopped 10 times in a day, etc. And they felt under like constant control of, of the police authorities. Um, the respondents not living in Roma se segregated rural neighborhoods, they did not 
uh, encounter these problems. In Roma communities, the occurrence of excessive police force or police brutality uh, is often happening. But in general, Roma find criminal justice system hostile and intimidating. They often do not understand what, what's happening. It's, it's really complex. Um, and I often felt that they are not taken seriously because they're Roma and that the per perception of the authorities is that they tend to lie and that they, they are like punished because they are Roma. And it was often this us against them narrative that translated into interviews, well, Roma respondents saying that the system is against them, that they can never can be the system. And this made this actually translated in concrete kind of legal act, actions or in a way inactions that because they feel that they cannot win, they do not even appeal or complain or don't even dare to complain. And uh, several respondents have a family member in prison. And I and I think that makes a, a huge impact in their lives because most usually it was the breadwinner who ended up in the prison for, for example, a father who did what he must do to feed a family or another father who just didn't pay the child maintenance. And um, again, if I have to repeat myself, but poverty dispropor disproportionately impacted on this family because they didn't have the resources to visit the person in prison, which, which is fair. And uh, of course, not saying about the financial impacts on having a breadwinner in prison and debt that comes with, with it. Joanna, you represent a global criminal justice watchdog and you have a broad perspective on Europe, as well as how different minority groups experience criminal justice. Many marginalized groups share common issues when it comes to their interaction with the criminal justice system. What common patterns and uh, what difference do you see when comparing the situation of Roma to other minority marginalized groups? Um, hi, and thank you for this. Um, this is a, a tough and complex one. And I also have some, some thoughts following what Alexandra has said. So maybe I'll start. Yes, yes, um, please share with with us. Giving a, a general impression um, of racism in criminal legal systems, I think following the last year, it's become a show of bad will to not recognize and acknowledge it. And I think it's very sad that at the European level, we're still at a point of denial of racism in most of our structures, but especially in the criminal legal system, um, because it's very easy to present the law as being neutral and applying the same to everyone and turning a blind eye because hiding behind a wall of we have no data. But there's evidence, there's evidence everywhere. It's just about what you choose to believe and what power and trustworthiness you put in the stories you hear. We see if we listen and we listen and wanting to believe racialized communities, we see the instances of police brutality all over Europe. We see mass surveillance in the context of expansion of policing powers that tend to target Roma communities um, because of negative associations that are completely racist and made up. Um, and then once you enter the system, it's, it's a thing to say, oh, I feel everyone's vulnerable in the system. No one knows what to do. No one understands the law. This presumption that, oh, you should, you should know what's happening to you and then you can assert your rights is, 
is bullshit. Like I know my, I've been to law school and I would be completely lost and vulnerabilized in the system. And then there's just different layers of vulnerability that the system imposes upon you when you're part of one or multiple minority groups. And I think to Alexandra's point, we're talking a lot of, of intersectionality, the idea that all of these issues are interconnected and you can be a minority in the different kinds of ways. And the fact that um, you belong, you live in poverty will impact you in, will have different outcomes from you in the criminal legal system, but also consider who is in poverty, who is kept, who, which, which groups tend to be kept in poverty in our societies. And these groups tend to be um, racialized. And then adding to that the increased vulnerability of, I don't know, being a woman, being neurodivergent and so on, and how our criminal legal systems are not equipped to deal with that. Um, and the sad part is that they're also not ready in any way to acknowledge that they're not equipped to deal with that and that we need much more holistic approaches um, in our societies to deal with a range of issues, right? Um, but I, I think I, I went off base. Um, the question was <laughs> if it happens across Europe. I am absolutely convinced it happens across Europe. And um, I think we're, we all need to fight for the collection of data at every stage in the criminal legal proceeding from uh, police custody to um, fair trial rights to who's in pretrial detention. And I think Krasimir will have thoughts on that um, to sentencing and what it means to have spent time in pretrial detention because maybe you don't have a, an address and who that targets effectively, because that's not neutral, not having an address or not having not being employed in a very legal sense, right? Um, and what it means to have spent two years in pretrial detention when you actually come before a judge who needs to sentence you, where's the presumption of innocence that, that really exists when you spend the same system where there's a collegiality has already um, sent you to prison for two years. And there's this we know that you have much more chances to be sentenced and much more chances to be sentenced to harsher penalties based on racist perceptions. Um, again, as Alexandra said, is the criminal legal system is just a mirror of the wider society, um, which is structurally racist. And that's your answer right there. Thank you, Joanna. Human rights organizations have been tackling racism in criminal justice system for many years. Krasimir, my next question is to you. What is the situation like in Bulgaria? Uh, well, our organization has been active in uh, investigating racism in the criminal justice system already since the mid-1990s, uh, so many years ago. And we have been... Uh, doing research uh, through a variety of approaches uh, over all those years. Most recently, uh, actually last year, uh, we did a survey of uh, 1,010 uh, prisoners, uh, recently imprisoned uh, uh, persons. Uh, uh, it's a rather uh, comprehensive survey and a uh, rather representative sample of re the recently imprisoned uh, uh, prisoners uh, on a variety of aspects of their uh, pretrial proceedings, starting from the police detention and uh, ending with their uh, sentencing. Uh, 
And we were able to, well, we have done such uh, research also previously. Uh, uh, we have had several such uh, representative surveys. Uh, uh, they have their strengths and their weaknesses. Uh, uh, but it's one thing that uh, we systematically find uh, in all these surveys, and it is uh, the systematic nature of racial discrimination uh, of our criminal justice uh, system. Mm, and it, uh, it, 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 the racial discrimination, discrimination particularly against Roma, uh, is obvious at every level of, uh, and at every aspect of uh, uh, the system, uh, starting from uh, uh, the police arrests, uh, Roma are more likely to be arrested than the other uh, ethnic groups, uh, and ending up with uh, sentencing. Uh, but one thing to me is an indication of uh, uh, racial discrimination in the criminal justice system, and it is the mere over-representation of certain groups in it. Uh, I think that uh, mm, uh, the reasons why a person ends up uh, being criminally prosecuted uh, and sentenced uh, uh, are different. Uh, but uh, one thing is clear, and it is that in every society where you have a criminal justice system, it is the poor people, excluded from society, uh, those that are not well integrated, those that are discriminated against, those that face prejudices uh, against them, those that have poor education, those are the ones uh, who are always overrepresented in every country's uh, criminal justice system. In some countries, they would be Roma. In other countries, they would be migrants. Uh, uh, but as a rule, it is those excluded people who would be criminal defendants and people who serve prison sentences and get uh, convicted. And the mere overrepresentation of certain ethnic groups, uh, a group uh, in uh, the criminal justice system is an indication of this exclusion and uh, uh, discrimination. In our case, in the Bulgarian case, uh, uh, the figures in that regard are staggering. Uh, Roma represent 42% uh, of the prisoners, uh, of the newly imprisoned prisoners uh, uh, in our prisons. Uh, whereas in society, uh, they represent... Uh, you mean, I'm sorry, convicted or predetonation? Convicted who serve effective prison sentences, 42% of those. we. We ask them to freely self-identify uh, their ethnic uh, belonging, and 42% of those 1,010 persons said that they are Roma. In the census, the government asks the same question in the same way to everybody else uh, in society. Uh, and it's around 5% of the population who self-identifies uh, as Roma. So from 5% in society, uh, we get 42% uh, uh, in prisons. Well, as I said, this mere fact, this mere 
difference uh, is an indication of uh, exclusion uh, and uh, discrimination. I see so many similarities between the latest report and what you have shared with us. Uh, the disproportionate number of Romani prisoners speak a lot itself about the level of racism in the criminal justice system. Ioana, I'm back to you with the following question. What should EU member states do to make their criminal justice system fair for all? I'm being hit with the broad questions, I see. Um, let, let me start. <laughs> um, oh, there's so much that needs to be done, but I just um, to start maybe from Christine's point, um, first of all, that data needs to be collected, but that's absolutely not enough because the way this data is then being used is essential. All of this evidence we have about overrepresentation, we know exactly what it means, and it means our criminal legal systems are structurally racist and they catch a certain type of population, um, which is illegal and shouldn't happen. But in the hands of the far right, overrepresentation can be explained by reinforcing racist stereotypes. So again, in all of our efforts for equality data, I think what needs to be pushed towards EU institutions is this is not a panacea. Um, if you're going to collect data, first of all, the efforts of, of data, data collection and data ownership should uh, be with the impacted communities directly. Um, and then there needs to be a political will to read that data correctly and understand or acknowledge fault, really. Um, I think that's where it needs to start, acknowledging racism exists, it permeates our societies and our criminal legal systems, um, and we need to do something about it. Um, and racialized groups have tons of ideas. They just need to be consulted. They need the space, not only when I say consulted, I want to catch myself, um, not to just, you know, once in a while be asked, hey, what do you think about this? And then be used as a, oh, we consulted racialized communities. They need to be left the space to lead efforts for reform on the basis of the data that is collected, on the basis of their stories that constitute data, their perceptions are data, are evidence. Just you need to look at them that way. Before we bring our conversation to the end, Alexandra, I wonder whether any authorities or representatives of the institutions that you found it especially difficult to communicate with during these interviews for, for the report? I was actually positively surprised that the system is willing to speak in a way about Roma and race and uh, discrimination. Uh, so except of the police force in the Czech Republic, we didn't have problem to access the state authorities. But then when we interviewed them, most of them were basically in denial. Uh, so de they denied that there is any racial discrimination. Um, they even denied any kind of unconscious bias or stereotypes is happening. And I found it striking and especially in con contradiction with interviews with, with lawyers and NGOs and, and Roma, who openly spoke about institutional racism. And then when I spoke to the institutions, they, they, they categorically denied being, being uh, biased or 
Um, and uh, so I completely agree with uh, Yona and uh, Krasimir that the first thing to do is to acknowledge the problem. Thank you so much for your time and uh, an interesting discussion. And now human rights and democracy advocate, former chair of the European Roma Rights Center, Dimitrina Petrova is joining us. Hello, Dimitrina. Thank you for being our guest today. Can you walk us through how the struggle of Roma in Europe evolved after the dissolution of the Soviet Union from the criminal justice perspective? Uh, that, that takes us about 30 years back in history, which for especially for younger people today is in fact uh, ancient history. Yeah? It's very remote and I myself am a bit, uh, a bit of a relic here <laughs> uh, because um, uh, I'm of the generation, I was um, uh, not that young when communism ended uh, in my early 30s. And um, so uh, my most vivid memories are of about the Roma rights movement date back to the first years after the dissolution of the communist camp. Back in uh, the early 90s, um, I directed what uh, is, in fact, the first Roma rights, national Roma rights organization in Europe. It was called the Human Rights Project. And despite the name, Human Rights Project, it was neither just a project nor, uh, uh, nor dealing with uh, human rights generally. In fact, it was entirely uh, Roma rights. But with this caveat that uh, since we are talking now about 1992, so exactly 30 years ago, um, at that time we didn't speak of Roma, we spoke of gypsies. The term Roma was adopted a couple of years uh, later. Um, in, in the early 90s in Bulgaria, the Human Rights Project uh, was involved in criminal justice in several ways. Uh, first, when uh, the Roma come into contact with criminal justice in the role of victims, and this could be as victims of police brutality or as victims of civilian violence. Uh, it, secondly, Roma came into, the criminal, in, in, into contact with criminal justice in the opposite role, not of victims, but um, this time as perpetrators who had been accused of some kind of wrongdoing uh, and were and the criminal justice system was trying to punish them. For example, Roma as defendants, as accused, as Roma as convicted, and Roma as prisoners serving sentences. Uh, in 1992, Roma in Bulgaria began to um, uh, to fight for justice in the criminal justice system when they were victims of police brutality. Uh, it's interesting that the very phrase police brutality was, uh, was, uh, um, was totally unacceptable for uh, the authorities at the time. And I remember that when 
we organized a conference, an international conference uh, in 1994, if I remember correctly, in Sofia, uh, under the title Police Brutality. Um, as soon as we announced the conference in a press release, the national police issued a counter press release in which they objected the title. They said that we, that the premise is that there is such a thing as police brutality, which they, uh, they, they protested, they opposed. They thought that there is no such a thing. So why such a conference? What were the cases of police brutality like then? Um, the first type of cases concerned um, police punitive expeditions. There was a pattern in Bulgaria, which then was also, as I found out later, was not only limited to Bulgaria, it was happening in other countries. Police was uh, entering Roma uh, neighborhoods and was uh, usually this was happening in the early morning hours when people were still in bed and um, there were mass actually brutality uh, you know the police would violently break into houses very rudely order everybody to lie down on the floor would arrest several people would search would create a huge mess and scare the children and, and, and you know, and, and, and usually this ended in, and beating, there were people who were beaten, even if they, you know, nobody resisted. Uh, and in one such case, so this became a pattern. These were not just isolated events. This became a pattern of intimidating the Roma. And at one, at one point, there was this police, um, uh, assault actually in, in a Roma neighborhood in the city of Pazarjik. And uh, this was our first case, well, first successful case of the Human Rights Project when we uh, sued the police and we won in court. Uh, there was uh, an acknowledgement that the, the, the court found that the Ministry of Internal Affairs that is the most powerful institution in the country, the Ministry of Internal Affairs, because the police is, was part of that, uh, was under that ministry, uh, had uh, violated the rights of a number of people. A first victory is usually such a thing. It's a breakthrough. It doesn't just happen. It is. Uh, but once it happens, then the road is open. And then there will be a second person who will find courage to follow. There'll be a third, a fourth. Our boy, this young Roma, who was our first client, who successfully sued the police and won, uh, he, during the, the case, which of course lasted a long time, maybe a couple of years. During that time, he was, um, he, he, he was subjected to real ill treatment by his own community, by his family, his wife left him. Um, he was kicked out of the house. Everybody thought he was a troublemaker who will now inflict some uh, 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 untold suffering on the whole neighborhood, on the whole community. In fact, he was also arrested by the police at one point, and they beat him up within the police station 
in a uh, you know talking to him in a vulgar way, accusing him of uh, the man who is suing them, asking who are you to sue us and so on. He, however, endured. He didn't just endure. We did a lot of things. We, for example, established a special human rights prize, and we made him. Uh, we gave him a prize. We visited him often. We made friends with him. Otherwise, it wouldn't. He wouldn't endure the long months when he was alone. Uh, and you know, but what happened when he won? He became suddenly the hero of the community. He was taken back by the family. Now suddenly he had many friends. Uh, so that was my, my, my first successful case against police brutality, against the police. And um, I still remember it as one of the, uh, the, the, the high points in my life. Have you seen any progress since then from the criminal justice perspective? In fact, in that first... Uh, period of the Roma rights movement, uh, criminal justice was really the central preoccupation years passed before the focus moved to other issues. Uh, criminal justice issues never disappeared. Um, in fact, you know, in, in, toward, the, toward the year 2005, 2006, things looked quite bright. It was the time when uh, the EU enlargement was happening. Uh, in 2004, uh, most Central European uh, countries became members of the EU. Then in 2007, Bulgaria and Romania became members. And these were good years. In, in, and we believed, many of us believed that uh, violence against Roma is uh, is decreasing, that uh, we will see the end of it, and that years, you know, the decades will pass and we will only remember this as history. But this didn't happen. In fact, toward uh, the year 2007, 2008, uh, a, a, a populist wave began to rise, a new, uh, very energetic anti-Roma movement began to uh, together. So the, the, those years of optimism, once they were over, uh, then despite uh, many efforts by the European Union, as far as I can tell, and as far as I'm following, uh, after all these years and all these efforts, we are not seeing an improvement. And in fact, today, uh, in Bulgaria, but also in other countries, violence against Roma unfortunately persists. What's changed, however, is that these days the Roma right movements is not as effective uh, and as idealistic uh, as it was in the past for some, for, for very complicated reasons. What do you mean? Uh, the, the national, I mean that I don't see those court victories. I don't see, you know, uh, there's much more impunity. You know, today when such things happen, um, in very few cases, Roma seek justice. Uh, it's true that uh, in several spots, for example, in the European Roma Rights Center, the struggle continues. And maybe here and there throughout the region, there are still NGOs uh, that use uh, legal defense and litigation as a tool for, for, for seeking justice. But that's becoming uh, less effective. And in fact, it's also less funded. 
Uh, now, the, the Roma movement today, you see a lot of um, capacity building uh, efforts and uh, other, you know, advocacy and, and uh, community development things and other things. But, but those hard hitting human rights struggles that go directly to court, especially on hard issues such as violence, uh, at least I see less of that. The challenges are obviously considerable, but is there something that you see as a major achievement for Roma for, from the criminal justice perspective? Many things have been achieved. Uh, there are many more Roma today who are uh, much more aware of, of rights, um, who are ready to fight. Uh, I say Roma because at the, at the, in the early 90s, uh, there were practically no Roma lawyers. You see, the, the huge progress is that uh, the Roma themselves took over the Roma movement. The Roma rights movement was, was very strongly influenced by non-Roma at the very start. And uh, those in leading positions, like myself, were non-Roma. Uh, fortunately, this changed. Now we have Roma fighting for, for Roma rights. This is very important and this is new. This is new compared to the first period that, that I was describing. Now that the, the, there are active uh, uh, Roma lawyers who, uh, who, who are working uh, on Roma rights. So that's one thing which I see as a positive. Um, the, the Roma, uh, the, the creating, through many, many, oh, through, by many roads of, of, uh, of an educated, uh, 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 educated Roma public. It's, it's no longer the case that uh, Roma are uneducated and so on. There's still many people who are poor, but, uh, but it's not, you know, you cannot, back in the early nineties, you couldn't find anyone. There were just absolute, exceptions, individuals here and there, one, one in thousands who had a, a higher education. Now this has changed. Uh, there are many more Roma everywhere who are active, but also because they're doing so many more things and, and not necessarily related to Roma, which is also good. You know, you, you cannot want from everybody who is Roma to focus on Roma rights. That absolutely, that would be counterproductive. Um, um, so the, the effect is that still, um, even though Roma are now much more the, the makers of their own struggle, um, because there's so many more struggles, somehow the criminal justice uh, focus, I think, is lost. Um, so the, uh, the contribution of Roma generally to human rights is huge. And I think it's not yet uh, well um, uh, researched and acknowledged. I think uh, researchers are yet to, uh, to, to come to this, although I, I know that many are doing this at the moment and the publications already, uh, the contribution of the Roma to, war, to, to uh, criminal justice generally and to human rights. Uh, for example, uh, what's going on uh, around the right to non-discrimination uh, at the level of the Council of Europe, the European Court of Human Rights is almost entirely driven by Roma cases. Uh, 
the definitions and the approaches to non-discrimination are almost entirely driven by Roma cases. So that's something that, um, that is a, an achievement, but you see uh, these achievements are at the level of discourse, institutions, the rule of law. They're not at the level of ordinary Roma lives. They're not that they have, uh, uh, what, what is not happening, apart from some Roma who, so to say, uh, get a good education and get some decent jobs, apart from that, the communities as a whole remain, remain uh, much poorer and discriminated and segregated uh, and, and uh, subjected to all forms of, um, of discrimination. Of, 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 um, also of, of hate, of hate speech. So at the community level, at the mass level, we cannot be proud of any achievement. The achievements are more um, at a conceptual level. Uh, they're more at the level of how, for example, discrimination law or criminal justice litigation develop, but that has not trickled down to the real lives of the Roma. Thank you so much for an interesting sum-up and historical analysis of this problem. This was all for today. You are listening to the Romani Tea Room, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and on the official website of the European Roma Rights Centre, erc.org. Stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>